This, this is the Our Auto Expert Podcast. Find us on air, online, on mobile, and on your smart speaker. Please subscribe at ourautoexpert.com. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Now, here's the host of Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Nick Miles. Hello, friends. Thanks for joining us again on Our Auto Expert. Nice to have you along. We're going to uh, change it up a bit this week and uh, make it a little more sassy on the show. Joining us is uh, Auto Andy. Can I uh, Auto now? Andy. And wait, wait, wait. Okay. And, and what do we decide to call uh, um, Anthony? Yeah, um, either oil filter or oxygen sensor. Um, oil filter. Oil filter Anthony. Uh, I I think oxygen sensor, but it's there's so many syllables in oxygen sensor, Anthony. It's a mouthful. It is. There's just a lot going on there. Yeah, we're gonna nail this down. <laughs> we're gonna nail this down. It might really? take him a few more weeks. I, I think we have a better name for him. Greg. Greg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bob. 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 Behind the glass, Bob. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's it's been a good week uh, for the car industry. Chicago Auto Show is coming up. Uh, by the way, uh, for the first time ever in the history of this show, you drove yourself in today. I did it. I did like a full adult. I drove it in. I was coming in hot. But you did a horrible job of parking. I was going to pull. I was going to pull all the Facebook on who parked, me uh, or Nick. You, you know you go between the lines, right? I did go between three lines. Yes. <laughs> You parked on a line. Yeah, I parked. I know there's nobody at the radio station right now. Yeah. Like, there's there's 240 spaces outside the Our Auto Expert Studios, but honestly. I just, I had a case that I don't care. You don't have care. to try and park it on as many lines as possible. I just, it's right dead center in the middle of a line, Nick. I feel like I did good. Oh, you're, uh, you're funny. I think somebody's out there giving him a ticket right now. Yeah. Yeah, just for being annoying. The the hour auto expert police are there towing you. <laughs> I just I wanted to see how I could spice things up today. Yeah, you spiced it up all right. Yeah. There is a number of uh, plants with broken stems. Did you see how <laughs> trees knocked down and a couple of bollards? Yeah, the the visitor parking sign is now on the ground. Defunct. But, yeah. Well, fine. you're not really a visitor, are you? No. You're a fixture of the show. I'm uh, I I'm the door handle. You're the <laughs> You have to twist me to get in. Yeah. All right. You can clap now. Hi, everybody. <laughs> uh, we have uh, Jen's put together a lovely show for us today. Very beautiful show. Um, we can actually talk about movies as well on today's show because we can. But uh, there's a new movie coming out with five Lexuses in. Is it Lexuses, Lexi, or Lexus? I think the I think with the extra S, those are Lexuses. I think they don't care as long as you're talking about their brand, Lexus. to be honest. We always ask and they say, well, it's really Lexus. The plural is the same as the singular. However, as long as you're talking about it, they're happy. Who, who, are, they, are they the word people? They get to say, isn't it? What, doesn't it, it does, you can't have both. Isn't it a plural, plural and a singular is a singular? Well, there are several. Prius is the same way. It's oh. not. It's not Prii. Prius is the singular, and the plural is the same. Prius. Prius. So you would be Nick Miles versus Nick Miles's. <laughs> the Miles is the same mm. as the Miles. Oil filters. Oil filters is. Yeah. Okay. It's not. Right, yeah. It. Oil filters. Oil filter. No, it's filter without an S for a singular, and filters with an S for a plural. For when I multiply. Fine. 
<sighs> it's hard work. Honestly, people and friends and community, you didn't expect an English lesson, and I apologize for that portion of the show. But uh, you got an English lesson, whether you expect it or not. <laughs> However, we will tell you what's exciting um, today on the programs. Uh, Shad Balch is going to be here because, guess what, 70 years old, kids? 70 years old? Not me. I'm not. <laughs> Are you 70 years old, filtered oil oxygen boy? Uh, if I lived my life <laughs> another time again, I still would not quite be 70. Okay. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. You're a child. I'm round up a bold 70. Are you? I suppose. A long way. Round yeah. up. We're all a long way from 70. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the Chevrolet... Uh, Corvette is 70 years old. Wow. I guess I guess when you think about the old Corvettes in black and white movies, <laughs> yes, it probably is 70 years old. <laughs> she looks great. Uh, she, she does. She looks amazing. Is it a she? Is a Corvette a she? Uh, I'm going to assume because it ends with an E, which would be feminine. Oh, here we go. Shush yeah. with your English. Um, Tyson Jomini is here to talk about, uh, he's from J.D. Parent Associates. He's going to tell us about how car sales are done. This is a big deal for Americans. If you're buying or selling vehicles, you really want to know what the outlook is like and how things have been going. Are we going to get relief in car prices? Because we've suffered horribly from huge inflation when it comes to cars and how difficult it has been to buy cars. If you have to buy a vehicle, uh, not most of us don't really have. There's a few people that have to buy vehicles, but... We want to buy vehicles, yeah. and we've not been allowed. We've had our hands slapped. Um, Mike Cudell, he's going to be on the show. He's the other half of our auto expert, but he's in Tennessee today. Uh, actually, no, I think he's on the East Coast. He went to Louis something. Louisville? Louis, yeah. Louis, Louis something. Louis something. Mm-hmm. Louisiana, Kentucky, Lou. somewhere. Louis something. For a, bas- uh, for a volleyball tournament with his kids, um, but he's going to be on the show. Um, the 2023 Toyota Sequoia, uh, this just got announced. We're going to be talking to Toyota about this new vehicle. And it has been a long time since it got refreshed. I think 15 years, close to 14 years since it mm. got refreshed. It was about time it got uh, a refresh. Yeah. Um, Andy, we're going to talk about Moonfall, the movie. I can't wait. I have, there's a lot of words in my mouth that want to come out. Yeah. Halle Berry's in that movie. I know. <laughs> Halle Berry is in that movie. And yeah, Lexuses. Exactly. Sisses, sisses, and, yeah, sisses. and a lot of Lexuses. Um, Anton's got some pretty interesting stuff to talk about. Plus, uh, I have some interesting news to talk to you guys about. You the Super do. Bowl, I've seen three, and, and so has Oil Filter. We have seen three of the Super Bowl commercials. What? Yeah. Who do you guys know? Yeah, we, we got an inside track. I, uh, sneak preview. Yeah, sneak preview. One of them has Mr. Arnold Schwarzenegger in it. Oh, it does. He plays the Greek god Zeus, who I think his counterpart as oh. the Norse god is Thor. I saw his that. version of it. Yeah. Okay. So, um, what I told you, which I thought was the the best one, is Kia is 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 the best one I've seen so far. You're a big fan of that one. Yeah. That really won you over. What, did you think the BMW one was funny? Just, that that's the one with Arnold. Yeah. I'm good with it, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's funny because the barista in the coffee shop is way bigger than Arnold. <laughs> oh, huge, yeah. <laughs> not not in a muscular way, but yeah. in a tall way. Oh, like, okay. he's much taller than him, so it's quite comical. Got it. I mean, Arnold's not very tall, and for a guy who's 
older than the Corvette, may we say, yeah. he still is in amazing shape. He's in way better shape than any of us three. Um, he's in good shape. I ran into him in an elevator in Munich this summer when I was on a BMW event. And uh, he's in far better shape than even me. <laughs> so Impossible. I know, right? Yeah, you're fit. It's shocking. Yeah, he's in way better shape than, than anybody, probably anybody I know. And this is for a guy who's, uh, I think he's 70, we could probably find out, 74 or something. Mm. So uh, he's a- he's He a, is 74. Nailed it. a good guess. Yeah. yeah. All right. Now yeah. his height. Uh, I'm going to say 5'8". Five, See, I was thinking it was 5'8", five, 5'9", five, but it, it, he's listed at 6'2". No, he's Questionable. Not. There's no chance. No, no chance? No. And you said you've run into him a yeah, number of no, times. no, no. I mean, he may have been 6'2 at his peak, but he's definitely under six foot now. Last action hero, 6'2". Yeah. No, I'll tell you why. <laughs> um, my dad used to be 5'6", and I'm 5'4". I used to be 5'4". I'm probably 5'3 now. I'm taller than my dad now. Um, with the hair? No, just period without the hair. I know I have a bouffant, but um, I'm taller than my dad now. I like those with, with butter. They're good. <laughs> butter. Yeah. yeah, I'm taller than my dad now. So, uh, But he's in, the, he's in the BMW commercial, and he pays Zeus. If you go look, you, I'm sure these things are online somewhere. The Kia robotic dog. Oh, dude, I'm in love. I've seen that one. It's so cute. Pulling at your heartstrings. You're yeah. a you're a dog guy. Yeah, sometimes. I did get bowled over by Bill, my um, black lab puppy today. God, he's such a brute. I, I take him. I've never taken him on a car ride. You know that, and he's nine and ten months now. Mm. I'm just afraid that he's just gonna lose it in the car. Oh yeah, he's gonna press all the buttons. Yeah, he's everything's. Gonna I'm gonna be have pressed. to kennel him, and even when it's feeding time, he just he's uncontrollable. He barks, he bites, he just he's just such a brute. He's the biggest lab I've got, and he's n not even a year old. He's the biggest lab I've almost ever seen. Yeah. He's not a year old, and a few weeks ago he tried to start your house on fire. <laughs> he got up and lit the gas the the gas stove. Yeah, and I'm sitting there looking at him. He's got his paws up there. Yeah. He's staring at me like everything's okay, or he's about to make some burgers. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> so big. And when I talk to the breeder about it, she's like, I, I don't know what happened with this litter. <laughs> They're just crazy big. Um, yeah, he's probably 100 pounds now and he's 10 months. So taking him in for a ride in the Bronco uh, is going to be a challenge. Yeah, good luck. Yeah. So I, I was thinking about today, I have to go pick up the Bronco from the dealer. And I was thinking about taking him to the dog park. We'll see how that goes. Um, I just want to tell you that uh, to make sure... Um, you know, is your engine light on? Check your engine light. Is it on? Uh, and don't ignore it. If it is on, you have to stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today and let the professional parts people scan your engine uh, and scan your vehicle for free. Uh, what they will do is they will retrieve the code, uh, discuss the possible solutions with you, and even help you find a professional technician if you need. Uh, they can also help you find a service center online. And just uh, all you have to do is visit O'ReillyAuto.com and click on Find a Repair Shop. And when you see a check engine light, all you have to do is get the answer you need from a professional part from the all the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. We want to make sure you know that you can do that to help you uh, if you have an engine light that comes on in your car. Do you know the difference between an engine light and a flashing engine light? No. 
Now, do not drive your car if the engine light flashes. Uh -oh. If it's on, you can drive it to a service center. If it's flashing, do not drive it. More Our Auto Expert on the way. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Welcome back to the show. Automatic Andy is here. Oil filter Anthony, if that's what we're going with. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we are? Yeah, I like, I like it. Oil filter Anthony. At least it sort of rolls off the tongue, I think. Uh, there's two million of you out there. Just let us know what you think. No, just email somebody else. Yeah. I, can't, I can't deal with everybody emailing. Although, I think radio statistics say about 1.00001% uh, of people email. Probably complaints go to oil filter Anthony yeah. at ourautoexpert.com um, so 70 years how many vehicles are still produced today that were on the road 70 years ago I can't think of I can think of one 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 the Chevrolet Corvette uh, is the only one that I can think about and uh, that's a monumental vehicle and it's still probably the most popular it is the most sought after uh, vehicle right now in North America. Uh, joining us to talk about it is Shad Balch from Chevrolet. Shad, um, it's nice to have the most sought-after car in America in your fleet, is it not? Well, it sure does. It sure makes my job easier <laughs> as the PR person trying to get the good stories written. The car pretty much sells itself. Yeah, it's an easy one. And as part of that celebration, a new Z06 rolling into showrooms for 2023 model year. Yeah, indeed. So we just revealed late last year the uh, the new Corvette Z06. And just like the Stingray, the mid-engine Stingray that we revealed in 2020, there's a lot of departure for this version of the Z06 compared to what we've done in the past. Most notably is the, the new flat plane crank 5.5 liter V8 engine. Uh, it's the first time we've done a flat plane crank like this. And, uh, you know, it just, it's in line with how we're trying to make this car better and better with every generation and every model we do. Yeah, it's it's the I know when I saw a JD Power survey, I think about 6 months ago, it was still the car that was on the lots for the least amount of time in America. So as soon as the the C8 hit the hit the dealer lot, it was gone. Like you they just couldn't keep them on the on the dealer lots. That's if they weren't already spoken for before they hit dealers. Uh, but it was the one car that was on the dealer lot for the shortest amount of times. And COVID has really stepped up uh, the search for, for people to buy these vehicles, hasn't it? Yeah, that's definitely the case. And it's, it's opened up our audience into a whole new demographic. I mean, this is the first time that people are able to attain a mid-engine supercar at an affordable price. And when you look at what the performance numbers are, it beats just about everything out there, including the vehicles that are the European and Italian vehicles that are two and three times as, as expensive. Yeah, so it's, it's pretty much a no-brainer in that regard. Yeah, I think what it really did is showed people that you didn't have to pay $270,000 for a Ferrari. You, you could get a Corvette you know, for a third of that price or a, a half of that price if you came sort of... Uh, fully equipped with everything that you could possibly get on it, or less than that. Um, and you didn't have to go to Italy to get it. You could get it American-made. That's exactly right. And you're going to look just as good, if not better, at the stoplight. You're going to be faster. And you could take it into a Chevy dealer when you need to do some minor service and not break the bank. Right. 
Um, and, and a testament to that is that uh, Chevy employees were buying them themselves. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. I had to throw that in because it was obviously. Uh, um, but I've seen that it's you know not just you, but other guys who uh, work for the brand were like, "Listen, I've waited my whole life to be able to afford a supercar, and now I can." Um, and it's yeah. the same for a lot of us that work in the industry. We've never been able to afford Lamborghinis and Ferraris. We get the chance to drive them for a week here or there if we're lucky. Um, we never thought of owning one, and now the opportunity uh, arrives that we could own something that we just dreamt about in the past. And it's the same for everybody across America, from you know all the way from Alaska all the way down to uh, to the very outer banks of Florida. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, and Corvette is something that we do really, really well. You know, there's always sort of been these promises of what Corvette means to our customers throughout the past 70 years. And we just keep nailing it and doing it better and better every generation and every model, which is why we're excited that the, the, the upcoming Z06 is going to carry the moniker for the 70th anniversary of Corvette. So tell us a little bit about it, the, uh, the Z06. When does it come to market? Uh, do we have any more information about it? Do we have some numbers? Yeah, so the Z06 will be a 2023 model year, and we will start selling both the Z0623 and the Stingray uh, middle of this year, around summertime this year. So we've given out uh, quite a bit of information about Z06. You know, it's the 5.5-liter flat-plane crank, 670 horsepower. Ooh. We expect it'll do 0 to 60 in, in well under three seconds. Um, it's it's, it's a, a supercar that is going to keep up and, and go up against Italian and, and uh, German sports cars like in ways it never has before. I mean, it's not just going to be something that's attainable, but it's actually going to be a benchmark for our former competitors. So that's, that's sort of like the promise. And then the, the price for it is going to be in line with what Z06 has tip, typically been above Stingray. So it's, again, going to be attainable. And uh, if, you, if you want one, how hard is it going to be to get one? Well, I mean, we're going to do everything we can to keep up with demand. I know that a lot of our dealers are reporting back that orders are coming in and they're wishing they could get more allocation. But, you know, that's that's sort of what happens when you come out with a hit like we did first with Stingray and the mid-engine Stingray in 2020 and now the Z06. And, uh, you know, this, this special edition, the 70th anniversary special edition, I think is just going to add some icing to that whole cake. And uh, I think it's, you know, get your name in early. Yeah. Reservation options? Yeah, dealers are taking reservations. The, uh, the Z06 is on our configurator on Chevrolet.com, so you can go and build your exact car. There's you know, 14 different exterior colors and eight different interior colors, so that means thousands of build combinations that you have at your fingertips there. So we're, we're making it happen. Yeah, I would tell everybody, don't waste any time uh, doing this because you'll be sad if you do because they'll, won't, you know, you'll have to wait a longer time and you've been warned. Uh, I'll just tell everybody that. And I also want to thank you, Shad, and, and thank Chevrolet for uh, making this uh, vehicle available for me to have on TV uh, next Wednesday. I'm, I'm going to spoil the surprise for everybody because uh, Chevrolet made it available for me to have on TV on Wednesday, but we'll tell everybody about that next week because it's a wonderful surprise. Shad Balch is the guy to tell you all about Chevrolet products and the new Z06 2023. Check it out at Chevrolet.com. More Our Auto Expert on the way. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert Podcast.
Now, of course, tax year finishes in December for everybody. You don't report your taxes until uh, the end of the first quarter of the year, but the year ends on the 31st of December. And so everybody's trying to spend their last little bit of money, and uh, especially businesses get everything done by the 31st of December. So if you're buying a new vehicle uh, for a business, uh, usually you're trying to do it before the end of the year. And that means everything gets done in December. Hence, January, there is little left on the shelves for people to buy. Mm. So it's not a surprise that we're expecting a sad January for sales when it comes to cars. And so that's the result. And to tell us uh, all about how January sales looked is uh, Tyson Jomini from J.D. Power & Associates. Uh, it was a sad result, wasn't it, in January for uh, automotive sales? Hey, thanks for having me back on the show, Nick. Yeah, January wasn't great, but actually it wasn't too terrible. I mean, relative to where we've been, you know, as, as we adjust sales numbers for seasonality to try to make you know different things look alike in the auto industry, January was a 15.2 million sort of you know seasonal sales pace. Um, which is one of the best ones we've seen in quite a while. Okay. Uh, but there's a lot of reasons to explain that. So take us through the segments and, and tell us why you think it looks better than I think it looked. <laughs> well, the real reason it looks better than uh, on paper is because January is a low sales month. Right. Um, and so when we don't have a lot of inventory on the ground, a low sales month tends to look better than, say, December, which is supposed to be a monster sales month. Right. So when you have the same inventory, you can't hold the same pace. Therefore, January just looks better on paper than, than December did. Okay. Um, the inventory, of course, has been low all year, and there's that last rush at the end of the year. Um, December, you know, came out as, as an okay year, but not really as good as 2020, in a sense. Um, and January, how do we measure that up as 20, against 2020? Well, January against 2020 is, is down quite a bit. I mean, we go all the way back to, uh, you know, January 20. We didn't quite know how things would, uh, would be back then. Um, but the reality is, um, you know, as we look compared to, you know, two Januaries ago, right. um, it, it's quite a bit smaller than, than right before we headed into coronavirus. Um, we're talking about a 15 percent decline or so from from those you know, levels before we knew what was going to go on. Right. Um, so what were who were the winners and who were the losers in, in January 2021? Well, in particular, we've been seeing some very good results from Ford. They, they had a great Q4, uh, and that's carried over. Um, you know, most truck makers have, have gone back to their strengths, and they're focusing on trucks. So if you go by a dealership these days, you're really only going to see two cars on the lot, at least new cars. You're going to see full-size pickups, and you're going to see three-row crossovers. That's all they're making because right. that's what makes the most money. Yeah. And, of course, that's what uh, automakers are introducing, uh, you know, for this year as well. It's new trucks and new cro uh, crossovers uh, with three rows, hence things like, you know, or, or truck-based uh, uh, three rows, things like the new Sequoia and the new Tundra, which just came out in the last few days. Yeah, it, it's not just new trucks and SUVs. It's, it's also a certain kind. EV trucks they're introducing for the first time. That's coming soon. Right. Uh, but, you know, right now, if you go buy a car dealership, you will almost not even see a car. The replacement rate for car sales has been very low. 
as trucks and SUVs have been prioritized. Uh, so now, you know, what you're going to see, you're going to see three things, as mentioned, uh, full-size pickups and, and crossovers and used cars. That's pretty much all you're going to see at dealerships. How do we look in the luxury segment for, for this January just gone? Uh, luxury, luxury is just coming off really its best year, like like ever, on a percentage basis. Um, it, it continues to uh, to do quite well in the marketplace. Uh, January is a very low point for luxury, um, so it's it's still up from from previous Januarys. But typically, what happens is, you know, those red bow advertisements in December. Yes, that draws a lot of consumers into the market in December, and and therefore they're all out of the market by January. Who, uh, what brands are uh, are starting to shine and what brands, I know when I looked at uh, brands themselves, some brands last year had amazingly good years and other brands that I thought were doing well were, were pretty flat. So for instance, um, you know, the BMW group was up 20% at the end of 2021 and Mercedes was completely flat and I thought it was the other way around when I, when I sort of was looking at it month by month. But um, how, and what brands were sort of shining uh, in January and what brands uh, didn't have the best January? Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned it. Uh, on the premium side, uh, BMW had a very good uh, 2021, um, certainly at the expense of, of some of their competitors. Um, on, the, on the mainstream side, I mean, as mentioned, Ford ended the year very strong. Um, and, and Toyota could, could be doing a little bit better. Uh, we, we know their reason is they've been under a lot of production stress right now. They'll get that resolved. They'll come back. Uh, one one we maybe don't talk about too much, uh, Kia is, had, a, had a very good last year. Um, and that basically continued uh, right into uh, to this year uh, as well. So that's a brand that uh, I think everyone should be on the lookout for. They're building some amazing uh, SUVs and cars right now. Is their success of brands dependent on chips uh, and their ability to obtain chips, or is it dependent on how their product uh, refreshment is structured? You know, whether they have new trucks and new three-row or a crossover SUVs coming, or whether it's dependent on their availability of being able to get hold of chips. You know, it, it, production and, and supply chain is, is the name of the game right now. The industry is operating on a, on a one-in, one-out basis. A vehicle comes in uh, to a dealership and it's sold almost immediately. You know, 45% of vehicles are being sold in under a week of arriving at the dealership. So as soon as something comes in, it goes out. And this is forcing a lot of brands to prioritize different, different vehicles. So when you have a new launch, when you're Jeep and you have uh, the Grand Wagoneer and the Wagoneer and the three-row Grand Cherokee, you prioritize that and something has to give. So therefore, you're seeing, you know, renegades and compasses being produced in fewer numbers so that Jeep could put out its newest, freshest products because that's what consumers are clamoring for. And of course, certain vehicles make better profits than other vehicles. So you may be, as an automaker, if you can only make one or the other, you will probably prioritize the vehicles that have the bigger profit margin, right? Yeah, and typically the bigger the vehicle, the bigger the profit. So full-size trucks and SUVs make more money than smaller versions. However, we saw another change going on, Nick, which is that Vehicles are being loaded up more, so the, the vehicles that we are building at the lower end of the price point tend to be the highest trims with the most features and options on those vehicles. Therefore, the most profitable versions of each kind of vehicle we're making. Super interesting. Uh, when it comes to um, some of the stories we've heard about vehicles being produced without chips and loading them up at, uh, at plants in Michigan and in Detroit, uh, they're just sitting there outside the plants waiting for chips. 
Now, how long do they sit there for? Do we have any idea whether they, they can just grab chips and, and put them in and then suddenly flood the markets when the chips are available? Because uh, we've, we've seen news footage of uh, all of these sort of chipless vehicles sitting outside factories. So is there a, a point when we're going to see the market flood full of these vehicles as soon as chips become available? So there, there is to an extent, but it's, it's not coming soon is the issue. Uh, everyone needs chips. And, and right now there's a horse race going on. If you can be the automaker that gets your production sorted out with these high transaction prices and very few incentives out there, uh, if you can get more vehicles to market, you are going to win and win big. So everyone is racing at the same time to get more production. So ultimately what that means is the production will eventually be there for everyone. And when it does, we're going to see inventory increase. And when we do, dealers will start discounting and automakers will start adding incentives and prices will come down. Two questions for you. Uh, what does the next few months look like? How do you think the market's going to uh, go? And then also, how do we look in the used car market? So the next couple months in the new market are going to look pretty similar. Again, if vehicles arrive, they'll be sold. Prices will remain high. There'll be very little discounting. There'll be a lot of asphalt at dealerships, not cars to look at. Um, and that's going to continue really through almost Q3 of this year. Uh, the use side, uh, however, it's, it, there's slightly less pressure on the use side. As a matter of fact, just in January, we're seeing prices turn down for the first time uh, in January on the use side. So we're, we have enough volume now on the use side for demand. So we're starting to see prices moderate just a couple dollars, but at least it's a positive sign. It's not still going up. Prices there, though still up in 34% from two years ago. So if you have to buy a car, what's the best advice for someone to follow if there's a new vehicle in your future? Is it maybe consider used or wait until fourth quarter maybe? Yeah, it, it, hey, if you can wait, always wait, right? Uh, you know, your, your credit score could improve. Uh, but the reality though is that a lot of consumers can't wait. Uh, really, you need to do your homework now more than ever. You need to know what vehicle you want. And, and if you can't find it, ordering a vehicle may be the cheapest way to get it right now. There's incentives that are available only for consumers who pre-order. And dealers will give you a price written down so there's no surprise markups when you order a vehicle. That's probably the best way to do it right now. If you show up at a dealership on a Saturday hoping to find something, you're going to find a lot of asphalt and you're not going to find a lot of deals. I think the thing I've done in the past, and it's uh, what I always tell everybody else, is when a vehicle gets announced, you know, you can take this, the, the thing like the Lightning or the Marquee or when these vehicles come out, I always put my uh, my $500 fully refundable deposit down. And then in two years when it becomes uh, time to order is probably when I'm ready to buy the new vehicle. And of course, the price is fixed at that point and you've been on the waiting list for two years and then you build it and you buy it and you're the first person to get it. Um, and then and then it's exactly what I've been doing and it's, it's worked out well for me. And I suggest to everybody, you know, you know, you're going to need a new car in two years. <laughs> Do it now when it starts to become uh, announced. And it's worked out well for me. Everybody listen to Nick. He knows what he's talking about. <laughs> Tyson, it's always good to have you on the show. Tyson Jomini is from J.D. Parent Associates. And of course, they have all the latest information on sales. We'll have him on again next month to talk about February. There's more Our Auto Expert on the way. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. 
so he is uh, traveling the country right now, uh, probably somewhere in a lot of snow and ice. I don't know if that's true or not. He's the other half of our auto expert, Mike Codell. Uh, Mike, are you in bad weather right now? I am. Snowmageddon, baby. Snowmageddon. Snowmageddon. I'm in Louisville. The icy hand. And dun, dun, the icy yeah. hand. Does it, it normally this part of the country doesn't get snow and ice, does it? Uh, it does not, but we do get our fair share of snow. As you know, I'm from Nashville, and we've had plenty of snow this year. But this was a little different storm. This was less about hardcore snow and more about, like, flying icicles. It was just a Whoa. much different storm. So it made the roads pretty nasty this morning. We were out the door at about 630, and uh, my son was slipping and sliding on, on the pavement. Felt kind of like an ice rink. Well, uh, nobody got hurt, though, right? Uh, nobody got hurt. So we were we were all good to go. Are you a family that laughs when somebody slips down and hits their backside on no. the side? I am. No, man, because you can get hurt. You can like, get hurt. No, like ice hurts when you fall on. Yes, it does. Um, hey, you guys want to hear something funny? I gotta tell, tell you guys something funny. So, so Louisville is is the home of Colonel Sanders. Oh, Colonel Sanders is is Kentucky Fried Chicken. So we're in the car driving, and my wife is like. Kentucky Fried Chicken, I'm like, yeah, look at how the, the, the actual restaurants are much nicer looking than anywhere else in the country. That's because they're from here. And she's like, nah, I don't think Kentucky Fried Chicken's really from Kentucky. And I'm like, Colonel <laughs> Sanders is from Kentucky. So so we, go, we Googled it. In 1952, the first ever Colonel Sanders Kentucky Fried Chicken location was opened up in Salt Lake City. Not here. What? Really? That's I funny. know. I mean, Andy, I was like, this is ridiculous. Rob, I, man, I would have died on that mountain. I would have dug my heels crazy. in. Um, do you crazy. know I have, you know that uh, Auto Andy lives uh, in the uh, Miles estate. And he has been going on for two weeks. This has nothing to do with automotive. He's been going on for two weeks about the fact that Kentucky Fried Chicken now does vegan chicken. Happiness. And so happy. They do. And he's been trying to get me to eat it for two weeks. I'm like, I'm a health food nut. Why would I eat vegan chicken? Because it's a vegan Kentucky chickens. fried chicken. <laughs> I know, right? It's not a vegan chicken. It's a vegan vegan. It's not chicken. So tell me, um, you have been driving some, some Corvette and some Suburban recently. How does that fit into the Cordell family uh, um, repertoire of cars? You know what? Um, the last few weeks have been very interesting. So over the holidays, we had the Grand Wagoneer. You know, they are now entered into the big, large, full-size SUV category. So it was really, it was perfect to get set up with the Suburban. So I'll start with Suburban. I know you just had Shad on from, from Chevrolet. So we'll talk Corvette after the Suburban. But, you know, this is like Tom Brady, right? It's, you know, the Suburban, it's the GOAT, greatest of all time. It's got seven Super Bowl rings. So the Grand Wagoneer had to step up its game to compete. I will tell you, the inside of this is exactly what you would expect from uh, Chevy. It's beautiful on the inside, double-stitched leather seat. Uh, it's what you want from a functional standpoint if you're a big family. You know, we headed up here to Louisville for a volleyball tournament. I mean, we threw in all of our volleyball gear. We probably could have packed the entire team's gear in the back of this huh. and carted everybody. You know, a team of 11, I think we could fit. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine people in this. I mean, it's wow. it's big. It's got the room. It's cool. And Chevy is doing pretty awesome things, especially in the full-size category because they know it, right? It's comfortable to them. Yeah. And then 
the the Corvette, you guys. So here's what's crazy is that the very first Z06 off the assembly line, so VIN number 001, was sold last Saturday night at Barrett-Jackson uh, in Scottsdale, Arizona. It went for $3.6 million to Operation Homefront. 100% of the proceeds are going to Oper- Operation Homefront, which is a military-based uh, 501c3 charity. And I just I wanted to start with this. $3.6 million for that Chevy Corvette. But the entry-level Corvette is still right about $62,000. I just, I came away after this last test drive. I think I will own a Corvette C8 at some point. (laughs) You like it that much? I do. I think it's just such a great sports car. You know, it has that Italian Ferrari feel, but with this just incredible massive V8 under the hood. Yeah, and I think the idea is, and what we talked to Shad about, was you could actually own this for a third of the price of an Italian or German sports car. Correct, you can. And, I, you know, engine options uh, with this are, are great. You know, you have great horsepower. And I think that, that what Chev, the hard part is, and I just did a news package on the $3.6 million, but I think the hard part is how do you make this electric, right? That They've made the statement that they're going to go all electrified. It's just, it's so hard to envision a C8 with an electric motor. Yeah, but they, I, I think they did it with the Hummer, and we didn't think they could do that. I mean, GM did it with the Hummer. They did. They did it with the Hummer. I, I have my own questioning about <laughs> Whether... how, how that, well, you know what? You take a vehicle that that's that, that heavy, it's meant for off-roading, then you put an electric motor in it. It, it has to fit the electric environmental conscious environment. Right, um, and I'm not. I'm not sure that it does that, but it remains to be seen. Um, speaking of weather, guys, um, I did spend some time up in Indianapolis this week, and I tried to get out to everybody before the storms um, on I-80 coming out of Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Big rigs the day before were stuck on the road, uh, nowhere to go. We know the Virginia story from three weeks ago people stuck on freeways yeah uh, so i did a fun I've, I've been talking to people a lot this last week about planning and preparing your vehicle not only uh what goes inside the vehicle but before you leave checking your tires checking your brake fluid checking your oil yeah. making sure that you have the, the right kind of oil in there yeah. that prevents the motor from seizing um so it was kind of fun to do that having a medic pack on the inside i was i, I use one called my medic and uh, they have something called the, the 10 essential kit that gives you as a beanie gloves, like just easy things that you forget to put in your car like water. That is true. And a blanket, maybe. Blanket, water, beanie, uh, and an external pa- battery uh, charger. So you can tr- jump a car, but also charge your devices in the event that you have an issue. Um, those are the kinds of things that you need to take into consideration. I actually put a tow strap in there as well. Either somebody to tow me out. Right, Automotive Andy? Like, if you got to tow me out, brother, or I got to tow you out. Yeah, it's probably you're going to have to tow me and my snacks out of the way. That's probably what's o- Automatic Andy has his own list. Includes a toaster. Yeah. and It comes yeah. with a toaster. Yeah, <laughs> I need to be able um, to have that. Yeah, you have to have those things. I got an interesting, I posted it on social, and somebody in Detroit said, hey, what are your thoughts on all this stuff that you're talking about, weather-related, but what about all the salt? Like, is there a way to prevent the salt from you know corroding the exterior of my vehicle and i did a little research on it and um i found this it's a it most people use regular wax but there's a new ceramic wax 
Um, nice. And I learned about it. It's by Lucas Oil. It's a ceramic wax you can spray on the bottom of your vehicle that creates that we, buffer from the salt. We should actually, uh, I think what we should do is uh, book you on for a whole segment about Lucas Oil because I know you have some uh, some inside products about them too. Uh, there's more Our Auto Expert on the way. Stand by. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert podcast. So recently spent some time in um, California where it was unseasonably cold and I was there to drive the uh, Toyota Tundra, which is, of course, Toyota's uh, full-size truck. And uh, they have a new capstone edition of the truck, which is very posh, Andy. Nick, it's so nice. It's, uh, it's got uh, American oak. Um, it has posh seats. It has a huge screen. It's much too nice for the likes of us. Yeah, it told me I looked nice when I got in the car. Yeah, it's it's way too nice for the likes of us. But at the event, uh, Toyota uh, unveiled the brand new Sequoia, which is their large SUV. Um, it's the three-row, and it is. It also has a capstone uh, trim level, and it is pretty special. Now all the press were gathered there, and it was a world reveal. Um, and to tell us all about it, to give us the lowdown, as we like to say here at Our Auto Expert, is uh, Eric Kavanaugh. Eric, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, so quite, uh, quite an unveiling of the, uh, of the new Sequoia, and uh, it's been a while. Uh, you guys, nearly 15 years since we saw uh, a new version of the Sequoia. Yes, thank you, Nick, so much for having me. And uh, you said it right. Uh, it's been a long time, but it has been so uh, worth the wait. And uh, the all-new model year 23 Sequoia is really uh, a revolutionary uh, addition to our Sequoia family. And uh, from the Toyota perspective, we were just so excited and thrilled to release that and reveal it uh, with you just a couple weeks ago. I think there's a lot of competition in this sort of three-row SUV market, and Toyota has been, you know, obviously you've had the Highlander, which has been a huge seller for you. You've had a hybrid version of it. It's always, I always like to make the joke about the Highlander that you almost have to get a a cab from the second row to the front row because there's always so much legroom in it. But the Sequoia is a whole new level. I mean, it's absolutely huge. Yes, it's uh, it really uh, is the it's the epitome of our full size uh, body on frame SUV offering, and uh, you know you, I think that our design team really knocked it out of the park, and and if you you, you saw it in person, and uh, it's just uh, completely modernized from the interior uh, to the exterior, and uh, our large SUV buyer. Um, you know, they, they associate large SUVs with that big, bold, and commanding. They want the premium features, the cargo and passenger capacity, the latest technologies, safety, right, and towing and performance. And uh, the all-new Sequoia is really going to deliver um, across the board on those points. Uh, I thought it was quite cute because I was in a meeting on Friday with a with a big auto finance company, and it was about planning for 2020, uh, 2022 and how they're going to pace out the year. And we were talking about what their ideas were and this sort of thing. And 
the head of the company said, do you mind if we just take a minute to talk about something else? And I said, sure. I said, could you tell us all about the new Sequoia? <laughs> I thought it was quite funny because they'd obviously uh, seen all the news stories and they were all really excited to find out. And they're based in Texas, in Dallas, actually. And uh, they were really excited about it because uh, they knew it was obviously going to be built in America. Um, and that's the great thing about this is that uh, this vehicle is going to be built in Austin. Is that right? Uh, San Antonio, oh, correct. San Antonio, yeah, this right. is uh, Sequoia is uh, designed, engineered, and manufactured uh, here in the USA, and will actually uh, be built in San Antonio alongside uh, the all-new Tundra. So, capstone is your trim level, which you know I've I, I asked this question um, of your head of marketing when when we did a radio interview, and I asked the question about uh, Tundra capstone is why this is almost uh, and obviously we know lexus is your luxury brand it's almost lexus level of luxury yeah it, it really is and uh the capstone uh as you saw uh revealed and and available on the the tundra grade and now on the sequoia it really is just uh adds that extra level of that um, exclusive uh premium luxury if you will and you know, especially within the large SUV space, those that premium and uh, tapping into the luxury market uh, is something that's desirable by our our customers. And so, uh, we're just really excited to be able to uh, have the capstone that sits at the very top of our uh, grade lineup, and to be able to have that offering to our customers. Um, you, you experience it for yourself, but I mean, it's just the, with that semi-aniline uh, interior, the heated and ventilated seats. Uh, all the uh, options standard on the the capstone. Uh, it's really a, a really impressive uh, vehicle. So let's talk about uh, the infotainment system in it. Uh, you know, we we know nowadays it's all about screen size, and you guys just didn't disappoint. You put a huge screen on the interior of the of the new Sequoia capstone. Yes, we did, and uh, that 14 inch screen. And a matter of fact, that that screen will be available across. Uh, the grade lineup. They've been starting at the SR5, uh, standard on the Limited, standard on Platinum, uh, standard on the Capstone, and the Tier D Pro as well. So uh, the large screen, there's also available 8-inch screen on the SR5 base model. Um, you know, you, you pair that with the 14-speaker JBL system, um, uh, among so many other options that are available on this new Sequoia. Um, it really gives a very impressive uh, cabin experience now just like the tundra of course you've you've given us uh, a a great engine um great horsepower and uh, the the hybrid option or no the, the standard hybrid i guess um with this vehicle uh, that means of course better fuel economy coming um yep um obviously uh, more information on uh, the exact uh, fuel number, EPA numbers, uh, closer to the on-sale date. But uh, you are correct that that iForce Max hybrid powertrain is standard across all grades of Sequoia. Where on Tundra, we have offerings of uh, the standard iForce uh, for Sequoia. Uh, we have the iForce Max hybrid powertrain standard across all grades. So you're getting that increased uh, power and efficiency, 437 horsepower, 583 foot-pounds of torque. Um, it's really just uh, such an impressive premium powertrain uh, to be available on all new Sequoia. I wasn't trying to weasel uh, numbers out of you, Eric. I, I did say <laughs> I did say the word coming. 
So I wanted to make sure uh, you knew that. Um, and at the same time, too, the TRD Pro version looks pretty cool with uh, with the cladding around the wheels. But it's not just uh, sort of plain pla uh, black plastic cladding. You guys have given it some texture and, and a pretty cool look, as well as being really off-road capable. Yeah, so, I mean, it's... Uh that you've now seen that one as well. And the, the TRD Pro, it's just, it's, uh, it, it's so impressive. You, know, you have the, the LED light bar integrated into the front uh, Heritage Toyota grille, uh, that technical camo design that you see in the over fenders and also uh, in the stitching within the interior on the seats, uh, TRD badging throughout. Uh, of course, you get the, the off-road capability as well with the electronically locking rear differential, uh, multi-terrain select, um, just a lot of off-road capability that's all packed into that TRD Pro. And um, it's really something special when you get a chance to see that TRD Sequoia in person. Now, we know we'll probably have to wait for some uh, real technical details closer to test drive and on sale dates of these vehicles, uh, things like fuel economy and uh, and some of the more technical information that comes along with these vehicles and, and including pricing. So when are we looking for these vehicles to start uh, pre-orders arriving in dealerships? What sort of date are we looking for the uh, Sequoia family to be available? Yeah, just right around the corner. Um, <laughs> I want to go back to my day job on Monday, so I don't know if I can uh, give you any specific dates, but uh, we can look forward to uh, the Sequoia uh, startup production and, and on sale date uh, the middle of the summer, 2022. All right, so safe bet is to say back to school, we should be able to get hold of them, uh, uh, at least for September. Uh, if not before. Um, we're looking forward to that as well. Uh, just another chapter. Uh, are, is it going to be 15 years for the next refresh? <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, I hope not. Yeah, that, that's, the, that's the big thing. Uh, it's been a long way. And I will tell you, the, the last time it happened in 2008, um, uh, I got to drive one and I, uh, it was one of my favorite vehicles. And, uh, this time, um, it was my favorite vehicle. I got to sit in it. I haven't got to drive it yet. Um, I am anticipating that happening, uh, soon, maybe, uh, at the beginning of the summer, uh, that might happen. Uh, I've got my fingers crossed, but, uh, as always, you guys have done a great job. If you can't wait, um, a Highlander might be in your future, uh, but if you can wait, as Eric said, uh, you'll be looking for these to arrive sometime, uh, in the middle of the summer at dealerships. Um, and what I've seen so far, um, is some astounding colors as well. The, uh, the, the red one that we've seen, um, and also the, uh, the white one we saw in the TRD that was, uh, at, uh, in Carmel was absolutely great. I will also tell you that you can get a really good idea of how they look by looking at the front end of the, uh, the Tundra capstone. It looks uh, pretty similar, but there's plenty of uh, stuff out there, uh, images uh, at Toyota and images all over the web of these, uh, these vehicles and definitely at OurAutoExpert.com. And if you want to keep track of what's happening with Sequoia, of course, Toyota is the best place to go because as soon as they have information available they'll update it and uh, and Eric will back me up and say uh, as soon as he's allowed to he'll uh, he'll tell us all the information right Eric that is right and uh, I agree with you on the color selection some really cool colors 
like the Lunar Rock, uh, Army Green, both fan favorites, uh, and also the TRD Pro Solar Octane color. So uh, I think that's really what makes Sequoia, the all-new Sequoia, um, so special is that it does have unique character gradings you know, across the lineups. Excellent. Eric from uh, Toyota, thanks for joining us. More Our Auto Expert on the way. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. I bet you have favorite movies that involve cars, not including Herbie the Love Bug. I was, I was going to say that, but then that then one. I said no. But I do have another one. What? Transformers. Oh, yeah, of course. Nice. What's yours, uh, oil filter? Um, I, I got three or four that I like to go through okay. typically, but yeah. the... Uh, uh, Back to the Future. Yeah. Okay. Ooh. Right. Yeah. The upswinging doors. DeLorean. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, that one's great. What about the What about the Aztec from Breaking Bad? The gold one. Uh, uh, no, my, yeah. It was white. My, it was cream. Yes. No, no, it's it gold. Cream. Yes. I would say it's gold. Yeah, I'm, my I'm my friend had one growing up. That's and awesome. so of course he did. I, before that show came out, I like I had such great memories of being a teenager and my friend's Aztec. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Nice. It is. Okay. Don't you cream, cream. me. It's what? Green. It's like That's a green. gold. It's a green. It's not gold. Look, Andy. Is it gold? Is that gold? Uh, it's, so it's, it's a, like a watered down split pea. It's a. <laughs> it's like a creamy. Well, that one's gold. That no, this is it. It's him in front of it. It's like a creamy greeny color. No. Yeah. I say soup. It's like pea soup. Split pea. Yeah. I say soup. Uh, but it's it's almost white. Um, yeah, it's a horrible color, by the way. And the Aztec, horrible color, just telling you. Is that why they we don't see any around yeah, it so much anymore? I think, I think there was a mandatory order from General Motors that every Pontiac Aztec had to be set fire to. <laughs> they made a tent for the back of that thing. The way oh, that it was glorified right. oh, in Breaking Bad. No, I think it was not glorified. It was like this high school teacher who had no choice. Nail the coffin. <laughs> uh, there's a new movie coming out. This It's out, actually. Uh, it's called Moonfall. Uh, Halle Berry is in it. And it f- basically is a massive two-hour commercial for Lexus. It's it it really is and like I was really interested to see how the Lexus is going to save the world on this and it did. Yeah, Lexus saves the world. Just saying, it's all about. I mean, it's not all about, but basically, the Lexus takes off in it to to fly to the moon. It's really something else. It's in the in Lexus dealership is based in it. it there's a yeah. lot of Lexus in it. Like Lexus was super lucky that this movie uh, happened because they got so much airplay out of it. Yeah, um, I just, I mean, I get the movie. I just don't, I'm amazed at how much they were written into the movie. Like how much the movie is about a Lexus. Yeah, it, it is. It's a Lionsgate film. Um, and uh, obviously Lexus is a huge partner and it stars Halle Berry. Uh, it basic story of the movie is a mysterious force knocks the moon out of its orbit and uh, they have to basic NASA have to, has to save the world. Um, I'm not going to give you too much more and they have to restore the moon to its orbit. And I'm going to give you too much more of the plot because I don't want to ruin it. We're still here. But the Lexus, the Lexus NX is in the movie. So is the GX and the UX. We have recently driven the GX and the UX and previously the NX. I couldn't get either of them to fly. I tried. Nothing seemed to happen. So I don't know if I knew all the buttons to press. Yeah, no, you have to like, you have, I think you have to double tap something and then rub something left. 
rub it to the left. <laughs> I hope I, I drove it before you rubbed something to the left. It just you have to you have to make sure the car is ready to to turn into an Autobot. Michael Penner is uh, the character Tom Lopez, and he's a, a Lexus dealer in this movie. Um, and I've watched. There's a whole interview with the cast. They're actually pretty good. I mean, the I haven't watched the full movie. I watched kind of the Cliff Notes version of the movie, mm-hmm. and it, it doesn't look horrible. It looks pretty good. Decent. Like, the, the crew is decent. Yeah. Halle I mean, Berry. I love her, and yeah. Michael Pena's a great actor. Yeah. Most like usually comedic. Yeah, exactly. There was um, interesting. I don't think he was the first choice to play the Lexus dealer. Uh, somebody else was a choice, and uh, there was a COVID thing, and it couldn't happen. So he was the second choice. I think they lucked out. Which is, yeah. Uh, the, the cars are pretty good, though. They do, did the flying takeoff part. I'm not sure I'm, I'm buying. <laughs> so but this is, is this like a legit movie, though? Yeah. Because this just seems like a two hour long commercial. No, it's legit. I mean, the fact is that it, it's based... I mean, okay, so you think about a futuristic movie with a brand in there. Would you have bought this if this was a Nissan dealership? No, because... No, no, I wouldn't have absolutely either. Absolutely not. No. Or who, who else would... Fiat? No, <laughs> it wouldn't have worked for Fiat. No, not even close. No, Lexus is probably the only brand that's futuristic, spaceshipy enough to, for me to buy. Rivian? And they no. got one V. Oh, they got two. No. Neither of them are for sale yet. So, and they don't have dealerships. But if it's set so, in the future, maybe they got a whole fleet. I don't know if it's set in the future. Oh, okay. It's set kind of today. Yeah, like right now ish. Yeah. Yeah. No. This. No. There's no other brand I could really buy. I and mean, Lexus makes most sense. They have the most futuristic dealership. I mean, futuristic models. It's true. Um. So it's. The, and I've owned a GX before. I mean. I say this, and I think I've told this story on the air before. Um, I I think their vehicles are bulletproof. I did mention that to somebody who was trying to buy a car who was in their 70s, and they did tell me that they don't get shot at, so they don't know why they need a Lexus. But <laughs> <laughs> they didn't really understand what I meant when I said Lexus are bulletproof. They last forever. Solid, but, mate. Yeah. I mean, I've owned a GX, and I loved every second of it. I did sell it to buy um, my electric Ford, but, you know. I do feel like I can save the world when I'm in a Lexus, though. Do you? So why haven't you? Because the world... You're busy? Has, yeah, I have, I have too much too much going on to save the world right yeah, now. Yeah, in Hood River. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got way too much going yeah. on in Hood River. Yeah. yeah so. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, yeah, I, I think this works. I think the movie works. I think Halle Berry is pretty good. She's very quiet in the movie. You know, she's not an extrovert character. She's very... Um, strong, silent type. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, the strong side. She doesn't overact. I know she's very athletic, too. I wish I had her physique. Not all of it, but definitely I wish I was as slim as she was. I wish I was Holly Berry. No, I don't. <laughs> That'd be great. I don't wish you were Holly Berry. Oh. She wouldn't look good with your beard. Oh, no. <laughs> Can you imagine if we melded? Oh, that'd be horrible. <gasps> She's a nice hair, too. Holly obese. <laughs> Holly obese. <laughs> oh. Oh, nope. She has nicer sweatpants as well. <laughs> yeah, she has nicer <laughs> she looks, suits. I don't think you'd get into the uh, into the NASA uniform she wears in Moonfall. No, they don't. you don't get a plus-size NASA uniform. There's no plus-size in space. I can't think of a plus-size uh, NASA uniform. Anybody who's worked for NASA, I don't think. I mean, and plus, NASA uh, astronauts look really good on Lexus too. Specifically, the NX. The NX. Yeah. Or the GX. 
Maybe even the UX. Yeah, or the UX. All right, Moonfall, it's in theaters now. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert Podcast. And Tom Walmer is an independent analyst and investor. You can read the majority of his stuff at The Street and Seeking Alpha. He joins us on the phone every week to talk about the state of the industry and how sales look. Also, inside stories about EVs, autonomous cars, and of course, the dirty dirty on some of the industry. Anton joining us today. So the final cap on 2021 sales reporting is in with a breakdown for EVs, including both BEVs and PHEVs. How do things look, Anton, for 2021 as we round out the year? Yeah, the biggest headline number, Nick, is that the sales of all forms of plug-in vehicles, that would be the combined grand total of pure battery electric vehicles, so-called BEVs, the pure electric cars that have no hybrid functionality of any kind, plus the um, uh, plug-in hybrids, the ones that have uh, both a large battery and a uh, gasoline combustion engine combined, those sales were up on a global basis by just double. So in 2021, those sales increased by 106%. So uh, just almost about a six and a half million units were sold wow. in 2021, up from little over um, 3.1 million in 2020. That's uh, that's a move in the right direction for most people who are promoting this. Uh, were there areas that uh, saw good increases uh, over others? Well, the one company, Nick, that is most associated with uh, battery electric vehicles is, of course, Tesla. And uh, they increased sales by 87% in 2021, which is by you know any standard, any form of business almost, I mean, a really good number, any, any uh, um, product or company or whatever that almost double sales, that's a really good number. But keep in mind here that the industry as a whole, the, plug-in vehicle industry as a whole more than doubled, if only barely. So when the industry is up by 106%, again, you, meaning Tesla in this case, is quote-unquote only up 87%. That means, guess what, Nick? You lost market share. So in the case of Tesla, they actually lost market share in 2021. They had just over 16% market share in 2020 on a worldwide basis, that fell to just under 15% in 2021. So yeah, from 16% or so to just about 15% or so. So not a gigantic drop in market share, but nevertheless, it was a drop. So we can probably see a slide for them in the future anyway, as other car companies get traction when the, uh, the BEVs and the PHEVs. Yeah, so here's the thing, Nick. You know, for the first eight months of 2021, Tesla was actually in far um, deeper skids here. I thought that their loss of market share was going to become even greater than it turned out to be. Tesla really saved itself in the last four months of the year. September, October, November, and December, Tesla pretty much outperformed both the industry and any expectations out there. So uh, I think it's way too early to tell what this portends for uh, 2022 here. 
Uh, clearly, Tesla is going to continue to lose market share. The question is just how much. You know, if you had asked me this question, Nick, at the end of August, um, I would have said Tesla would have lost more market share in 2021 than they ended up doing. But they really had a very strong finisher for the last third of the year. Tesla really knocked it out of the park. And with some really outstanding electric vehicles coming to market, and and especially the Koreans, uh, what they have on the horizon, which I know we've just seen a little bit of so far in the last uh, six months, but it looks like what they have coming is going to be fairly mouth-dropping, and especially when the charging rates are so astronomical, we can uh, definitely see some uh, ground being lost to everybody to them, right? Yeah, look, I mean... Kia and Hyundai were already doing exceptionally well compared to the rest of the industry before the onslaught of plug-in and electric cars of any kinds. And now we are seeing clearly that they are going to be right up there in terms of uh, being tops in competitiveness in this new world. So um, certainly they are uh, names with which Tesla and everybody else need to reckon in this uh, new uh, brave world of ours. Okay, let's look at uh, Europe specifically for Tesla EVs. That market share, you know, fell six percent in 2020 to five uh, percent in 2021. Um, is it going to start falling? And are we going to see the same sort of thing happening in the U.S.? Well, uh, in Europe, uh, judging by the fact that already in calendar year 2020, Tesla's market share in EVs was only 6%. I think we can draw the conclusion immediately uh, out of the bat that the competitiveness of the EV market in Europe is dramatically greater than certainly in North America and also more competitive than what it is in Asia. So Europe is really the number one battlefield here. They're really ground zero for EV competition where Tesla's market share had already been knocked down to 6% in 2020. And guess what? In uh, the calendar year of 2021, it fell to 5%. So, so the headline here is that the market as a whole in Europe increased by 66% uh, for all EVs in 2021. Tesla grew too, but only 30%. Remember, Tesla grew 87% if you take into consideration all parts of the world. So that tells you, Nick, that somewhere between Asia slash China and North America, those in particular, Tesla vastly outperformed their performance in Europe. But then again, so did all the other uh, automakers as well. Basically, what really had happened here is that 2020 was uh, out of the park year for all the other manufacturers in Europe, and it continued to be a good year for them, but not as uh, not with a growth rate that they had in 2020. So let's talk about uh, the EV market as a whole. You know, it exceeded uh, 6.4 million. Um, you know, and you've said it, it, that's up 3.1 million in, in from 2020 in Europe. Um, uh, is the quality remaining the same, you know, as people expand so fast? The usual thing that happens um, is that it's so hard to keep the quality. Um, I know they've had this problem with uh, at Ford with the marquees that as the, the amount of production goes racing, they're struggling to try and keep... Uh, the amount of quality so high, and it's a hard, it's really hard work, as as the demand is really excessive for electric vehicles. We've got people who are just 
waiting for these electric vehicles to come and pushing the, the companies to produce them as fast as they can. Yeah, so one of the uh, interesting aspects of this transition to electric vehicles is that suddenly automakers uh, were put into being in an enormous hurry to bring the new models to market, right? Because you know, the urgency became, uh, you know, just get them to market, get them into dealerships now, now, now. As we know, Nick, the usual development time of a vehicle tends to be somewhere between four and five years between the first drawing until they, these vehicles start showing up in a showroom. But uh, GM is now down to just about the two-year mark. I mean, we're talking about a dramatic shift in the way that the automakers are trying to speed up these programs. And that bears a risk. And there's a risk there that if they don't do that in a proper manner, I mean, you can't put like nine women together and make a baby in one month. It doesn't work that way. So, you know, the risk here is that these uh, automakers uh, have a quality problem is somewhere in the production, somewhere in terms of getting experienced workers on the line, making sure they show up for work, and then that the product has uh, really been tested properly. So there's certainly the risk, and it's very hard to predict which model will face these risks. I mean, you know, did the GMC Hummer roll off the line here a week before Christmas without any quality issues? Well, we don't know yet because they haven't barely put more than a handful of them or whatever it is by now into customer hands. So it's too early to tell. But when you accelerate the development down from four to five years down to almost as little as two years, well, that's a risk factor. All right. So where should we be paying attention? Where is the next big thing going to happen in the electric car industry? We know the Koreans are working like crazy to uh, to bring new electric cars. We know that uh, now that uh, Fiat Chrysler have become part of Stellantis, which is Peugeot Citroen now as one group, and they're working uh, furiously on new electric vehicles. Where is the next innovations going to come from? Well, there are two things to look out for in 2022, Nick. One of them is specific really to North America, and that's the pickup truck market. The Ford F-150, for heaven's sake, and I mentioned the GMC Hummer, those two just for starters. And then, of course, Rivian, we'll see how they do. But this is a product category that is relatively unique to North America, and this will put a great halo on this thing in terms of will it succeed or will all the hype uh, basically fall down flat on its tummy? Outside of the U.S., with Europe being the centerpiece, I mean, we're at the point now, Nick, when there are so many models. We're getting north of 200 models going to very rapidly, three or 400 models. We can't keep track of them. I, would just came, I just came um, back from Europe a couple of days ago, Nick, and, I mean, the sheer amount of BEVs uh, there, I had to go and, like, look at the back of the vehicle and say, oh, my God, that's a what Mercedes again? It's a, it's a G something, A, small, right. whatever. It's certainly not sold in North America yet, and so on and so forth. So when you're dealing with hundreds and hundreds of models, you can be the market leader in this thing. They can have no more than 5% right. market share because – Everybody else can just divide it up behind you, and you, you can be the market share leader with one model, and yet you're insignificant to the overall market share. Yeah, I know. I get I get your drift, and too, and, and, and even in the United States, we're expecting so many more models to come to market as well, including that uh, GLB from Mercedes-Benz. Anton Wallman is an independent analyst and investor. There is nobody that knows as much as he. Uh, you can read his stuff at The Street and Seeking Alpha. And, of course, we enjoy having him here every week at Our Auto Expert. You can listen to him and the podcast at OurAutoExpert.com. More on the show to come. Stand by. 
You're listening to Our Auto Expert. All right, Super Bowl. I'm going to win. <laughs> You're going to win the Super Bowl? Yeah, no, I'm going to. Uh, what's happening in the Super Bowl? Um, the halftime show and the commercials is what we care about. Nick, I had you pegged as more of uh, a puppy bowl guy. Yeah. Are you familiar uh, with this? Yes, I am okay. familiar with the puppy bowl. But the car commercials at the Super Bowl, we always do a roundup of these. And uh, right now we have an exclusive look at some of the Super Bowl halftime commercials because, of course, they come out a little earlier. Um, I know there are more coming out uh, as we speak, but uh, we know of about six or seven already. It was five yesterday. A few more have been added since then, a new Jeep one. The halftime show is uh, Dr. Dre, Eminem, Snoop Dogg, um, and uh, Mary J. Blythe. Um, the th- How much was the advertising for this show, if you wanted to buy a 30-second, Andy? So they advertised them uh, at $6.5 but they came out and said that they are all selling for $7-plus for wow. 30 seconds. How much is uh, how much was it last year? Less than that? It's like almost a ten percent increase. Wow! How many spots do we buy for our auto expert? We bought seven. seven. We want to sandwich okay. it. Um, <laughs> I like it when we uh, when we just do things overboard, as of course we all do. I'm excited. It's going to be in L.A. Nick <laughs> at the SoFi Stadium. Um, of course, you know you constantly get your Googles, your Pepsi's, your Frito Lay, uh, Anheuser Busch. They always have the lab puppies. Well, they didn't have that last year, did they? Mm-mm. They changed it up. I miss the lab puppies. I like those ones. They a lot. were the best ones, and the the big horses. Clydesdales. Clydesdales, yeah, with the furry. For Budweiser, right? That's yeah. that's yeah. the kind of Anheuser horse that I, if I was gonna drive a horse, I would have that one. It, I was gonna drive a horse, mm-hmm. <laughs> like a golf ball. Well, yeah. Well, don't. What do you? What do you? What else? Ride do you do? a horse. No, I'd drive mine. Yeah, on a, you'd be on a carriage behind it. Yeah, that's what I'd say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, there are a few, uh, the DraftKings, the avocados from Mexico, they're advertising this year. Uh, Taco Bell, you usually do it. Uh, Frito-Lay, is that Doritos? Uh, Frito-Lay, Dor- Doritos, are they the same thing? Yeah, uh, yeah. I think yeah. so. All right, so who are the uh, General Motors? We know that they're in the Super Bowl ad. Uh, they're doing Super Bowl ads. We know Nissan are. Uh, the Nissan ad is it, the Z. They're, uh, they're, they're advertising. I don't know. You saw it yesterday, Anthony. What did you think? This is the one. This is not the one with the dog that you love. Yeah, that's the Kia one. Okay, and we got Arnold. So I'm trying to think of the third that we watched. It was the the uh, what's his name from uh, Sheet, Sheets Sheets Creek, whatever. You yes, call it. whatever we're allowed to say yeah, here. Sheets All right, Creek. you know what? I thought that was actually a lot of fun. I, Did I you? think you. I I know that you weren't as big a fan as I was, but, no, but uh, Eugene Levy. Eugene Levy. Yes. Because I think what they did. Dave it, Batista's in there. Yeah, but I think with the Eugene Levy one, he's like he's like a curmudgeon. <laughs> and they sort of made this curmudgeon <laughs> into a curmudgeon. Yeah, they made him into a superhero. It's the car. The car and, did it. And yeah, but but it's like an, a curmudgeon dressed as a superhero. And I think what it does is send the message of the car is a curmudgeon, and they've sort of given it a skin to look like a superhero. <laughs> I'm tired he, of this curmudgeon. He yeah. does slowly, kind of, or not slowly, but during the commercial, he sort of yeah forms into an action superhero Fabio kind of yeah. character. So. Uh, I don't know. I think it sends the message of, hey, we're a curmudgeon, but we we have a new skin superhero. I don't know. That's, to me, what it sort of sends that. It wasn't working for you. Yeah. I I think the Z is probably a great car, 
but it's like, hey, guess what? We're really a curmudgeon in the superhero <laughs> outfit. <laughs> I mean, that was my that that was really my reaction to the to the Super Bowl ad. Um, the best one. I mean, Toyota is going to have a Super Bowl ad. We know that. They always do, and their ads are they're pretty straightforward. They're never like crazy funny, but they're always really, really cool. Um, they're really, really cool. Um, they I think last year didn't they do the Special Olympics Olympian uh, who lost her legs and uh, her family adopted her out of Russia and she's now an Olympic swimmer. What a story! Um, yeah, it was a really heart rendering story. Um, but this year, I have to tell you that they tore up my heartstrings with Kia and the robotic dog. That was pretty. You've seen it. I showed it to you yes. yesterday, right? Yep. It's, so nice. It's pretty amazing. I they had the it. hamsters, remember? So twice, I think they've had the hamsters. They had the fat hamsters and they had the skinny hamsters for the Kia Soul. And now they have this robotic dog who <laughs> I'm going to buy one because he's so cute. <laughs> I just want to give so him like cute. a little, uh, like a like a like a hard drive for a treat. Yeah, like a USB stick <laughs> for a treat. Um, Kia, they outdid themselves with the EV6 ad and the robotic dog. How much are tickets for the Super Bowl this year, Andy? The cheapest as of today that you're gonna find, six thousand dollars. Holy cow! Six thousand. That's for you. Don't even get to really see the players. You're just aware a game is going on <laughs> at the bottom of the field. You don't really even get to see nothing. How much is the most expensive ticket right now? And you got to know a guy. Like <laughs> for you got to first of all, you got to have the money, and then you have to kind of know a guy to get these ones. Yeah. One hundred eighty thousand. Oh my god! One hundred and eighty thousand <sighs> for I, a seat. I think we need to charge more for the show. For a seat. If you're listening, radio syndication across America. Can we get 180000 a show so we can afford Super Bowl tickets? Go fund us. Yeah, Nick, go fund us. That's not even, you, that you don't even get to bring a buddy. That's true. You'd be sitting on your own. That's for you. Yeah. Only, you only. You don't even get, not, I'd be so mad if I didn't get nachos out of that. You're all fired. I need the money for Super Bowl tickets. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Jeep will probably have an ad this year. Uh, they will, they'll do it. Um I think I'm going to guess that GM's ad will probably be for the Hummer. Yeah, there's still the going to be some more. Hummer. These are the ones that I found are just the ones that are public knowledge. Yeah, um, there'll be a few surprises. Audi have had ads, but uh, Mercedes have had ads in the past. I think we know five or six out of... Uh, there has been as many as 13 car companies advertised in the past. Isn't Mercedes... But, don't they have that... Uh, no, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Don't they have that electric car coming EQS up? EQS that, that is out already. That might could be 600 miles on charge. Oh, 621, yeah. I'd hammer the at Q, that. Uh, the EQXX. I'd go ahead and slide something in there. Yeah, sli slide something in there. Yeah, just slide you know, a quick, quick 6 million. A quick 6 million. Uh, yeah, seconds. it looks like that. Uh, some of these companies may be paying a lot more, by the way. Than six million. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, that's just like that's we we can talk at six point five. They're actually selling for like seven eight million. Yeah, thirty seconds. Yeah, um, and Danica Patrick has always been in there with her uh, GoDaddy.com. I you know, she's been in there. I think we should just get millions for talking about these people who advertise. Yeah, can we just, can we just get a few pennies for every time we say something? Yeah, so, some tickets a, would be nice. There's a million right there. Thanks, Danica Patrick. I would take the ten thousand dollar tickets just so I could you know make out there's a game going on. I think you I should get ten thousand dollars for just mentioning the ten thousand dollar ticket. Yeah, yeah. See, 
Can we can can we do like a write-off? Next? Two million people just heard ten thousand million dollar ticket. Ten thousand million dollars. Yeah, just gone up. My prices have just gone up. Ching. We need a cash register sound as well. There's another ten thousand dollars for the people that make the cash register sound. Today's price is not tomorrow's price. You no, know it's it's twenty thousand dollars now. Yeah. If you go to our auto expert, uh, I need to get paid thirty thousand dollars. Now it's forty. Fifty. Uh, our auto expert 24/7 ourautoexpert.com you can listen to the podcast see our uh, fox sports show the uh, tv segments and uh, feel our love and um, we'll be eating grilled cheese sandwiches tonight uh, we'll see you next week you've been listening to our auto expert with nick mile find all the show episodes at ourautoexpert.com please follow us on all social media twitter facebook and instagram at ourautoexpert and message us for a quick and witty response.